Don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm not one of of the bottle. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. You don't seem that happy that you've won. More than you believe. More than you believe I'm happy. It's already sh So you have not to say uh, I saw it was sh So you can try to... Um, yeah, that would help in a game like this. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Oh, you know already before you ask, that's a sh question. I like that, that, is, that you still ask it. You don't have to, you don't have to. I'm so happy, believe me. I'm so happy, happy new year. Lions, they don't compare themselves with humans. Three for me and two for them. Respect, 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 man, respect, respect. What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? It's a Frisky Friday. That means it's another edition of the Touchline Band Podcast. As always, I am your host, Leo, and I'm joined by my co-host, who, if you're watching us on Spotify right now, is wearing a very pretty pink tiara. And uh, what's happening, Bri? Well, <clears throat> I'm a guy that, you know, I try not to be too much living in the past, uh, but, you know, I lie. Every now and then there's a take that, you know, I'll keep receipts on when somebody says something I think it's ridiculous and I want to be able to call them out on it later. Well, you got to go both ways in that regard. And, you know, I was I was looking back at some of our kind of <laughs> mid-season predictions and all of that. And I said live on this podcast that Manchester United would finish ahead of Manchester City in the league. I said that being swept up in the Eric Ten Hag, uh, you know, brilliance and and brightness and, you know, coming out from under this cloud that's been over the club. And I still am very excited about him as our manager and standing by it. But listening back to that, I, it was just it was just such a bold take, such a stupid one. It, it, I, the reason why I'm wearing a tiara is because it's a it's a. Admitting defeat, it's bending down on one knee to the Kings, which is Manchester City. So in honor of them, I have a pretty pink tiara donated by our daughter for the podcast as a way of saying, good God, grape gravy, was I wrong? Uh, and especially looking at Manchester City's recent form, not only do I think that, uh, you know, I, they are by far the better team than Manchester United and and the results are showing that, but I think that they could be could be doing something special here over the next coming weeks, and we'll get into that. So this is uh, bending the knee for the Kings, uh, and yes. Thank you. Thank you. Look at you. What a, what a pretty little surprise. And uh, shout out to Baby Fade for the tiara. We greatly appreciate you uh, loaning oh, that yeah. out to us. Great prop. Uh, you look like a little pretty princess today. What are we drinking? I am just uh, some sparkling water, but also pink in honor of uh, the tiara. Drinking like a pretty princess today too. Awesome. As yep. usual, I am drinking out of my big black Stanley. Classic. Shout yep. Stanley. Shout out to Stanley. Feel free to sponsor the podcast. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> now we got a ton of soccer to get into. I'm pumped up. Uh, my favorite slot Saturday morning. Start off, your group of scrubs are now playing an Everton team that are starting to play well. Got a screamer for Michael Keane on Monday to cash a ticket there. Um, you optimistic here? Yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic. Uh, you know, again, always trying to be unbiased when talking about um, Manchester United in terms of betting and, uh, you know, games in general. But 
I'm optimistic just because of their home form. They've been the best team defending at home uh, so far this season and having a league record 13 clean sheets, at least for this season. Most clean sheets of any team at home, uh, only allowing 17, winning 22. You know, that's an impressive record. And I think that the Old Trafford crowd definitely gets behind the team. I also think that this is a spot where Everton just had a very emotional um, win against, <clears throat> pardon me, Spurs, and I think this is a situation where it wouldn't surprise me if they come out a little flat. Now, I think this weekend is an absolutely brilliant, massive weekend in the Prem because it means so much to so many teams and definitely starting with that early time uh, on Saturday. Manchester United need this game. This isn't a situation where they can just kind of, you know, coast into the top four right now. Yes, they're, you know, uh, game in hand in front of Spurs. But because of that goal difference, they're closer to Spurs than Newcastle. Newcastle are flying right now. They've found some brilliant form, some of the form we saw at the beginning of the year that I think you and I were both excited about. And I said, you know, I haven't seen the goals lately. And until I see them come back, I'm not going to put money on them. The goals are coming back. We saw that. But in terms of Manchester United, they know they need this game. It's absolutely massive. And they can kind of go at it 100% because of the fact it's the early Saturday game. They'll get the rest before their midweek uh fixture so i think this is a spot where we see full guns blazing one of the best news uh stories i've read today is christian erickson will be back helping to solidify that midfield so we don't have to play scott mctominay uh you know fred clearly must be injured or something because he should be starting in front of scott but i think we'll see erickson and sabitzer in the middle let bruno be a little bit more of number 10 which he is and should be uh i think that with martial healthy with our defense healthy this could be, you know, a, a really, really good showing for Manchester United, but more importantly, they need it. And I think they'll be ready for it. What about you? Uh, I'm actually the opposite way. I think this is going to be one of the more entertaining games of the weekend. Mm. Manchester United should win this game, but Everton are flying high right now. They're doing a yeah. phenomenal job defensively. Um, you know, even Tottenham's goal that they scored the other day, it wasn't anything special. Um, they didn't I mean, create much. They're yeah. playing a special kind of way on the Sean Dyche. And, you know, I'll be honest, I'm tempted to take Everton double chance here, but mm. I'm really looking at the under. I think the under two and a half is a great play. I think yep. you're going to see Everton be compact. Uh, you're going to see Manchester United kind of just make sure they don't concede anything early because nerves are up right now at Old Trafford. Um, and like you said, they have been tremendous keeping a clean sheet at home. So yep. I'm looking at this one and I feel pretty solid right here that this game is going to go under two and a half. And I do love that you can get it at plus money. Yeah. And I think, I think you're spot on with that. I actually, one of my favorite uh, props of the week. Now, again, this is something to sprinkle on. This isn't, you know, um, anything to get too crazy about, but an exact score of one nil. Uh, I think that has a great, great chance for Manchester United. Like you said, we know that a Sean Dyche team is going to sit in that low block. They're going to give up a lot of possession, but also I think it can't be underestimated. The loss of Decore for this game is pretty big for Everton. Um, I think that he's going to be missed sorely in that midfield, especially defensively. But um, yeah, I mean, we've seen it from Everton. This is what they do, especially under Sean Dyche is they're going to sit back, invite pressure and counter. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what we saw from Brentford a little bit the other day. I just think 1-0, 2-0 gets this game uh, done. I think that would be a very strong bet for me. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Uh, so let's continue to move on here. You have Nottingham that are currently in a relegation battle. Who could possibly be rooting for that to happen? And then you have Aston Villa, who are now making a charge for Europe. They have the third most points since Unai Emery has taken over. I got to tell you, I love what Aston Villa are doing. They're a little mm -hmm. late for me waking up. Just a little late. But I love what they're doing. This is a great team. This game is a carbon copy of how I felt about the last game that Nottingham played midweek where they lost 2-1 against Leeds. Uh, Aston Villa, I feel like, are a very similar team to Leeds, except they have more talent. Uh, right. So there is no reason for me not to bet Aston Villa in here at minus 160. Yeah, I mean, I'm completely on uh, the same train of thought there. I mean, Nottingham Forest are dead last in the league away from home. Uh, you know, Aston Villa have been middling if you look at the whole season, but over their last eight games, only Manchester City and Arsenal have taken more points from those games. Aston Villa has completely turned a corner. And when you look at, you know, their their last results in the league, like I said, not just the points, but also the scoreline, keeping a clean sheet against Everton, clean sheet against Palace, clean sheet against Bournemouth, clean sheet against Chelsea. I mean, this to me screams Aston Villa. Absolutely. The fact that they win most of their points at home anyway is also, uh, you know, quite telling that this is going to be a game that they get up for. I think they're healthy. I think they're firing on all cylinders. This is a spot where I like multiple goals from Aston Villa. Uh, their team total over one and a half is super attractive to me at minus 128. Um, but I think what I'm going to end up taking is going to be, <clears throat> pardon me, Villa on the spread for plus money at minus one, plus 105. I think that's a great bet. And I also think uh, Aston Villa to win uh, and keep a clean sheet plus 160 is a good one. But Whilst they've been playing extremely well, keeping clean sheets, I'd be more willing to take Aston Villa minus one because it's also plus money. But in the event of a 2-1 type of game, you still uh, push on that. So my bet for this one is Aston Villa minus one at plus 105. Bang. Love that play. Uh, continuing to move on. A surprisingly big game here. Brentford, Newcastle. Now, Brentford, I think their chance of Europe are officially past them as well. But they're still pushing. This is the best season they've ever had in the top flight of uh, the Prem. And mm -hmm. you have Newcastle that are just, like you said, they're flying. And yeah. I told you this a couple of weeks ago. It's the Alexander Izak. It's the Alexander Izak. The fact that Alexander Izak has just injected, injected some life into this team offensively. I mean, he yep. whether he's the one scoring the goals, he's the one making the runs to create the goals. And that's something that we don't really talk about enough is the guy – that makes the run to clear the side out for somebody else. And people seem to forget that their top goal scorer is Miguel Amiron, and he's been out for a minute too. So mm -hmm. this team is starting to score more goals with their top goal scorer being on the bench. So um, very interesting game. I got to tell you, this one feels like a bit of a trap, though. I really wonder if Newcastle is going to be ready. I'm not betting this one personally, but if I had a gun to my head, I'm leaning toward a draw. Uh, you know, I think I think you're smart to think this is a bit of a trap. Um, I don't even think it's a trap because I think people recognize it. Maybe the casual better will believe, you know, ah, Newcastle are flying high. Brentford, they've just, you know, kind of performed uh, higher. They've been punching above their weight. But I don't think that's entirely the case. I think Brentford have been good because they just are a very well uh, managed team and have great chemistry. I think sometimes you can have a great tactician overcome a lot of talent deficiencies, but I do think Brentford has miles and miles of talent. Uh, but this is a game where I'm looking one way and one way only, only, and that is goals. Brentford have been absolutely fantastic at home this season. 
but when you look at goals in this game, strangely enough, most of Newcastle's goals come away from home. They're averaging over one and a half goals per game away from home this season. Brentford is averaging two on the nose at home per season. Uh, and you look at the last four games between them, Newcastle away, six, three, two, two. And for Brentford, two, five, three, and two. To me, I just think there's going to be goals in this game. I think you're not going to be able to keep Brentford quiet after they got blanked by Manchester United at Old Trafford. Going back home in front of their fans, they need the game. Newcastle will be up for it. Over two and a half at plus money, plus 102. That looks fantastic to me. If you want to get a little extra saucy, both teams to score in over two and a half is plus 135. But since it's already plus money, just give me that over two and a half at plus 102. I love that. Yeah. Uh that was honestly one of my first reactions as well. And then I said, mm. I can't possibly bet an over involving Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> bit me in the ass one too many times. So yeah. uh, keeping things going, one of my favorite games to bet on this board. You already know who it is. You want to peg it for me? What, the the Fulham game? West Ham, West Ham, West Ham, people. If you're not betting West Ham, you are a bona fide idiot. You are an I-D-I-O-T idiot. Okay, there is no reason to bet Fulham here. You bet uh, West Ham at a pick, minus 102. This is the absolute no-brainer of all no-brainers. We saw what this team looks like against a bad Bournemouth team. They quit against Bournemouth. What is going to happen against a desperate team in West Ham that, in all honesty, ain't that bad. Ain't that bad, but they need this game against relegation. They are desperate for this game. There's no chance that West Ham loses this game. None. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a situation where it's kind of the lesser of two evils for me. Just, I know I keep going back to it, but without William, without Mitrovic, it's just not the same team. You lose your two best offensive players. It's not about William, uh, it's all about Mitrovic. This team for the last five years has will go as far as Mitrovic will take them. It is that simple. It really, really is because this team cannot defend They've never been able to defend, okay? And they can only move forward, and they can only move forward if they have a great goal scorer. And listen, I love Vinny. All right, I love Vinny from his time at Benfica, but that dude ain't that good, okay? Mitrovic is a monster. Mitrovic yeah. belongs on a big team. He belongs yeah. in Manchester United. I think that would be real interesting. I, I think there's also, I mean, I just look at, sometimes I like to look at form, but the fact that, you know, West Ham have only gotten one game on the road this season that doesn't inspire much confidence uh, i don't think that they're all of a sudden going to turn it on um you know and just just because of the fact that fulham is without mitrovic you know they're going to just smash uh, i think this is going to be a gross low low scoring game and i actually like the draw on this one um i think that it's much more likely for me that a draw happens than either of these blow each other out of the water and maybe fulham will just sit deep because of the fact that they're lacking some offensive prowess but i don't like this game not one bit yeah i mean listen speaking of uh non-inspiring and blowing let's talk about the chelsea game uh chelsea bye bye graham potter see you later graham it's been a pleasure frank lampard is back yeah. in charge yep. It's a disgrace at Chelsea. It is just, this is your prototypical American move. Try to, try to get the old hero in to gather the lads. And, you know, here we go. This is the most American thing that they could have possibly done. And yeah. I am so upset that Frank Lampard did not tell them to shove it. I'm so 
upset at Frank Lampard for not just saying, screw you after the last time you ran me out of town. Now you come crawling back to me. You can put my dick in your mouth and let it soak right there. Okay. Absolute disgraceful. I lost so much respect for Frank Lampard for taking that job. Shame on him. I mean, I would have. Chelsea's in the Champions League and in a better position than any team he's ever coached. He's a terrible manager. No, man, no, because he he's an old school guy. Like old school is about pride. If this is a young kid that's our age, that's dumb, that thinks I'm just doing it for the money, fine, cool, sounds good, bro. But like Frank Lampard's a different breed. Like he really is. I'm not I sure mean, going back to the club you were a legend at to coach a team. Yeah, to but try he got ran out of there, dude. He got ran out of there by ownership last time. And fans yeah, because he's a terrible there. manager. How do you do it, Everton? Like, come on. No, I understand. And he, it wasn't just Everton. It's pretty much every club that he's coached. But I'm just saying, dude, no, this is a really bad idea because this is a no-win situation for you. This is a no-win situation. If you are Chelsea, appoint like a no-name as an interim coach and then go get Nagelsmann, go get Pochettino. By the way, I love that Pochettino is nowhere to be talked about in these talks. It's yeah. Nagelsmann and uh, what's the other schmuck's name? Uh, Enrique. Yes. Luis Enrique. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm going to hijack this segment. Yeah. Uh, Luis Enrique for Chelsea, a guy that's never coached in the Prem. So we're going to go with a guy who is known for playing tiki taka with no forward, uh, not being overly successful without a forward. Okay. Not much success without his forward. And we're going to put him on a team that does not have a center forward. And that has been their biggest problem. Kai Havertz is their center forward at this point. So we're going to put him there and we're going to say, nah, we got this. This is going to go very well. By the way, Luis Enrique's developmental ability, not that good either, dude. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. And if you're Chelsea, you have a young squad. You should be going for somebody that wants to develop young talent. Luis Enrique does not develop young talent. I love everything I'm seeing out of Chelsea. And I got to tell you, if Luis Enrique is going to be the manager of Chelsea, I'm probably going to fade them and bet them to be relegated next year just out of pure spite. Um, If you're Chelsea, who would you rather go with? Luis Enrique, who I just went on a small little rant about, or would you rather have Mauricio Pochettino, who took Tottenham to the Champions League final? Brought them to heights they didn't know. Brought them to as close as possible to winning a trophy. Okay? Knows the English game just about as well as anybody does. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder to say, screw you to your biggest rivals. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, who would you rather have? Oh, and by the way, he's tremendous with developing young talent. Because uh, when Harry Kane was semi-useful, who was his coach? Bochettino. When Lucas Moura was a reject, who was his coach? Pochettino, who developed Christian Eriksen into the player that he is or was? Pochettino, who else? Who else? He's developed so many quality young talents. Yeah, son as well. The perfect guy. It's not Nagelsmann. It's Pochettino, you stupid American morons. You morons. Yikes. Dude, this is screaming MLB. This is screaming as I wear the MLB hat. Uh, this just screams America. This just screams baseball. Like, oh, you all just suck, and I'm gonna enjoy it. This is why I mean, America can't get into soccer. I I love it because one, like Manchester United did exactly this same thing when they brought in Ollie, um, and Ollie won a bunch of games, 
did really well in places people didn't expect him to. So he got a long-term contract and then proved that like, you know, he wasn't really the man for a job, didn't foster any of the new talent, kind of let the players just do whatever they want. And, you know, it was during the COVID season as well. So there wasn't as much in terms of fandom to like get behind. He had, you know, a, a record breaking, <clears throat> pardon me, season in terms of, and probably something that will never be repeated, a 30 game unbeaten run away from home. That's yeah. incredible. That's incredible. I really want to cut you off on this point because I completely disagree. This is not, this is not an Ollie situation. Ollie came in and let's be honest here. Ollie was handed a bleep show and all things yeah. considering Ollie actually did an okay job until that last season where people realized like, ah, we got something going on here. He's just not the I right agree. guy for the job. I agree. And when Ollie left, there was nothing but positivity around. The fans were thankful for him. Ollie was thankful for the opportunity. Manchester United did it. It was a dignified goodbye. Okay. So Ollie is welcome back at Old Trafford. What? You disagree? Yeah. As a Manchester United fan, 100%. Again, when you actively don't develop talent, when you let players do whatever they want, when you don't have team chemistry, when you don't have a tactical approach towards each game, then you're just relying on star players to just get it done. And they did. But in terms of actually developing the club, taking us to new heights, bringing in players that are important to our club now, he didn't do any of that. Any player that's important to our club now was already there when Ollie got there. Like, I'm just saying that but as a manager. What I'm saying is that if you ask United fans, do you have a – like, is it more positive or more negative when it comes to Ollie? It's more positive. Like, hey, yeah, because he he's a club legend. There you go. That is not the same for Frank Lampard. Chelsea. That's not the same for Lampard and Chelsea. It was the same before it's, everything it's happened. It's like literally the exact same scenario. Nope, because there was a massive smear campaign against Frank Lampard. You don't remember this? Where people came out and said, oh, the locker room. Okay, but he him. managed them before. All he did never managed, you know, he was managing Molda. Like, he, he never managed Manchester United first. And then when he left, it was a goodbye rather than a we're parting mutual ways. Like, no, trust me, he was sent out the door. If he ever came back, it would be this. the thing I like about Lampard is that as a fan of another team, you're looking at a guy coming in who's probably going to inject some life into that side, probably say like, look, I can genuinely say I know where you've been and I know the situation that we're under. He's probably going to get a few wins and it would just be so incredible if Bully gave him a long-term contract because he would just tank the fucking team again. Like it's just, it's wild to me that this is the situation uh have you seen have you seen the side-by-side -side stat of him and Tuchel uh no I haven't but I've seen oh my god this is incredible this is what every Chelsea fan is tweeting about today so when Thomas Tuchel came in he replaced Frank Lampard his first game was away at Wolves and won the Champions League Frank Lampard is coming in after the departure of Tuchel First game is against Wolves and they're still in the Champions League. Like it would just, it's one of those things where like whatever, whatever Chelsea fans have to tell themselves, you know, to, to get past this. Cold mindset. But, they all think alike. It's well, I'm just never seen hey, like it. That being said, that being said, I will say this in, in Chelsea fans defense, because I think Chelsea fans have been fucked here. It's, it's like, it's by it. no fault of theirs that their owner is such a fucking idiot, but this is a situation where anybody is better than Graham Potter and even Frank Lampard. If for no other reason than to just get Graham Potter out of the organization, the players hated him. Apparently they were calling him Harry and Hogwarts behind his back because he's like Harry Potter. Like 
<laughs> like apparently the locker room fucking despised him. Like you just needed him out of your club, right? It's like Ronaldo, right? It didn't end great, but it's better for Manchester United that he left than if he stayed, no matter what happened. And this is the same way. Nothing Graham Potter brings to the table would have been good for Chelsea moving forward the rest of the season. You know you're not going anywhere in the Prem. You're in the Champions League. And if you get through, it is entirely on your players just doing something we haven't seen from them all year. It's not going to be thanks to Graham Potter. So at least for Chelsea fans, it's a break from this awfulness. But moving back to betting, I love Chelsea. <laughs> I, I, I'm so excited about how much I'm going to be positive on them and then lose this weekend because I love Chelsea. I'm taking their team total over one and a half at plus 113 for a Wolves side that's been pretty solid defensively at home. Um, there's no reason to bet this uh, other than the fact that it's not just a new manager bounce. It's the entire locker room hated this guy and they finally got fucking rid of him for essentially a player manager who's going to come in and be like, guys, I believe in you go out there and be all that you can be. As you said, very American style. And they're just going to come out. And as if nothing else, than a fuck you on his way out the door to Graham Potter, they are going to win this game by a bajillion. And this is all going to come back to bite me tomorrow when they inevitably draw nil nil, but I'm taking Chelsea team total over one and a half. And I love it. Uh, I think you're delusional. I think this is I the probably worst. am. I'm a United fan. It's all I have. This is the worst spot to bet Chelsea. You have made fun of me on this show countless times for betting Chelsea. And this is the spot. I'm going to, all right, serious piece of advice. Even if y'all like Chelsea, whoever's listening to this and you want to bet Chelsea, wait to see the lineup first because there is a very real possibility we see a heavily rotated side because they have uh, Real Madrid. I don't know why you're shaking your head. That's, There's no way your first game in charge, you're punting on sense. a game. That only makes sense. And not to mention the fact that even their A squad that they call, uh, their A squad hasn't been that good. In there you world. go. So maybe the B squad. I'm just saying, I'm just it's vibes. It's vibes. I don't say it's vibes. Don't say it's vibes because I've had the worst time with this fucking word vibes. All right. Story time with Leo. Here we go. So. No, you in the mood for story time? Tell me. Yeah, story time. Uh, so we went out with my girlfriend's friends and her husband, and we were going. Do you know what King's Bowling is? No. Okay, King's Bowling is this massive bowling uh, bowling alley. Uh, it's like a bowling alley for adults, so they bring drinks. It's a great time, right? It's it's awesome. There's lights everywhere. There's TVs everywhere. Everybody's having drinks. Everybody's having a great time. It's a cool spot to be, right? Yeah, uh, this place is notorious for being busy at all times. So um, what ends up happening is my girl calls her friend and says, hey, listen, we should probably go there a little earlier just because it's going to be absolutely packed and you can't reserve a lane. And like, we don't want to sit there waiting forever for a lane. So uh, the direct quote back was, I don't know if that's going to be a vibe if we go there early. Is that really going to be a vibe? Oh, I'm sitting there and I, I'm stewing. I am literally stewing when I hear this. I say, no, no, no. I'm going to punt. I'm going to be a good boyfriend. I'm going to be what you should be. So I punt and I say, honey, you two figure it out. And of course, my girlfriend being the all-star she is, she gives in to everybody's wishes and says, no problem. We'll go around 6 o'clock. Fix the busiest time. We show up now. Now, keep in mind, we had to drive an hour while they had to drive five minutes for this vibe. Okay. 
Could it meet in the middle somewhere? No, no, no. We had to go for the vibe at the right time for the vibe. So this vibe, we finally get there. And do you know how long the wait was for a bowling alley? Three hours. Oh, my God. Three hours. Wait for a bowling. So I say, me being the brilliant human that I am, I say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put our name down. And I gave my number specifically. So I said, what we're going to do is we're going to go find something to eat, drink, and we're going to go sit down because every, anywhere that we go in this, it's like a massive outdoor mall. So I mm-hmm. said, whatever we do, we it's going to be an hour wait. So we're still waiting yeah. for these people. We had to drive an hour. They were five minutes on the road. They were still 20 minutes late. Okay. Yikes. So oh, it was a great time. So I'm sitting there. I'm stewing. Every place that we go to to eat, the smallest wait that we found was an hour and a half. Oh, Yeah, I know. Not a vibe, right? So finally they show up. It's 40 degrees. We're in a freaking wind tunnel. I'm freezing my ass off and I'm a big motherfucker. Okay. I'm a big motherfucker. I got plenty of goddamn insulation. So you know it's fucking cold. Okay. So I'm sitting there. I'm heated. And then they go, well, we should find some Italian spot to go to. So they find some food and we get there and the place is empty on a uh, Saturday night at 630. Now that's automatically a red flag, right? Jesus. Yeah. So long story short, I told wifey, make sure you order something safe that can't be catastrophically bad. Uh, so we don't feel it the next day. I was smart and got something safe. She did not. Uh, it was a very tough next couple of days for her. But long story short, um, right as we're about to leave, they're like, oh, I wonder, you still haven't gotten a text about like if the bowling alley was ready. As we we're leaving, I got a text. That's why you put your number down, folks. So you don't have to say shit till you get home. And ain't no one fucking going bowling event. So fuck your vibes. Fuck the word vibe. Vibe can suck on my big Greek cock. <laughs> okay. Good talk. I'm in a really bad mood today. Yeah, I I get it. I I'm understand it. Cranky ass mood. Sorry, that was like a pointless story time. There's so much more to that story that I just left out just in case my cursed life, that woman actually listens to it. All right, back to soccer. I may have to edit that out. Um, back to soccer. <laughs> Hey, here we go. More suckbags to bitch about. Let's talk about Leicester and Bournemouth, shall we? Two suckbags of all suckbags. Both of these people are getting relegated. I could not care less. Screw you, Brandon Rogers. You bum. You. You bum. You bum. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I I think it's absolutely fucking bananas to see Leicester at a minus 110 price in this situation. What have they done to earn a minus 110 price against a team that, yes, is not good. But when we're talking about, like, how they've been recently, I'm pretty sure that Leicester have lost six of their last seven games. Like, that's awful. They are terrible at home, only having won three, drawn three, lost eight. I'm not saying Bournemouth are great on the road or anything like that, but Leicester are second to last in the last eight form table. Bournemouth are, you know, getting some getting some decent results here. It it shocks me to see Leicester as a favorite here. Uh, I'm taking Bournemouth, <clears throat> pardon me, on the uh, double chance market because I just think this is a spot where at minus one twelve, Bournemouth can get something out of this game. Yeah, I mean, gun to my head, I may lean over here just because Leicester is so leaky, and I still yeah. think they're capable of scoring goals, but I'm not touching anything here. I am very excited to talk about the next one, though. Tottenham-Brighton in Tottenham Stadium. Uh, this is the biggest game in the history of Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, I'm excited to watch this, and I'm fully pulling for Brighton. I don't think I'm going to bet this, but hmm. this is one I'm actually excited just to watch as a neutral. Yeah, I mean, 
as am I, I'm pulling for Brighton just because of the top four race. Uh, but also I, I really love seeing what Brighton's done. It's a really exciting, you know, time for them and, and in their, uh, you know, in their club, I do think this is going to be a little bit more of a tricky game uh, just because of the fact that Spurs have been surprisingly so good at home. I mean, in their last four, they've won all four, only given up one goal across those four matches. That includes a win at City, or excuse me, a win against City, and not that they're great, but Chelsea, uh, crosstown rivals are always tough games. But that being said, Brighton haven't lost in their last four away games either, scoring, <clears throat> pardon me, in all of them, two and three out of four. I love goals in this game. Uh, I have a pretty deep shot prop here that, you know, just a sprinkle for me, but I'm excited about it. It's both teams to score in the first half at plus 295. Uh, I think that's a great look because Brighton like to get out hot and early lead or excuse me, leads. Spurs have been decent at home in the first half. Uh, I think after what happened to them in stoppage time last game, they really need to kind of turn it around and turn it around quick. Uh, for the sake of their fans. So I'm definitely taking that. And then also uh, my best player prop is going to come from this one as well, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, we will. Uh, I just, I can't trust Tottenham at this point. I think I trust Chelsea more than I trust Tottenham. I get it. I get it. You know who I don't trust this weekend? Tell me. Manchester City, man. This mm-hmm. is the team every single time. This is the team that comes in and screws things up and just, I hate, I hate Southampton um it's one of those games like it genuinely worries me this game because Southampton are uh-huh. so incredibly bad you guys have heard me talk about it week in week out they have only scored in one of their last four games they're not a good team Manchester City are on fire but Manchester City have that game midweek this is a really easy look ahead spot do not forget that Southampton beat us in the EFL Cup and while I don't put much stock in the EFL Cup this was yeah. in Southampton and Manchester City were starting most of their starters. So you got to put a little bit of stock into it. This is a massive game for Southampton, who are currently bottom of the table. I'm not betting Southampton, but I ain't betting City either. Yep. I mean, I am wearing a tiara because I think completely differently. I think that Manchester City have gone into kill mode. I think that they are at that point of the season where they realize this is their moment. This is the spot where it's going to be uh, kind of all the way through the rest of the season, win and win effectively, efficiently, professionally. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen in this one. Now I can see, you know, when you talk to anybody who is a fan of a certain club, they know the pitfalls more uh, than anybody else. But I just think Manchester city are the second best team on the road, getting 27 points on the road this year. That's something that you just you can't ignore, especially when Southampton are the worst team in the Premier League at home. Uh, I just think that City are just going to overwhelm them. Uh, we're also supposed to see Holland back, so that's obviously a huge, huge plus for City. I'm taking a bet in this one, and it's City to score in both halves at minus 115. I think this is a great spot for City to run it up, keep that pressure on Arsenal, who have an even bigger game on Sunday. And the fact that they'll know the result of this score will add pressure. So City will want to get that win uh, to really breathe down their necks. See, I agree with everything that you're saying, but here's the thing, is that Manchester City have gone on this roll, but haven't had to play a Champions League. Yep. Have it. And whenever they seem to have a Champions League game, the game before they tend to just kind of coast because, I mean, we've said it here, Champions League is the most important trophy by far. 
Um, so I got to tell you, I'm not a huge fan of your bet just because it can go one of two ways. Either Manchester City run it up early, they score two, three goals in the first half, and then they take their foot mm-hmm. off the gas. Holland's on the bench. Everybody important is on the bench, KDB, et cetera, et cetera. Or Southampton start busting our balls at 0-0 at halftime. And it, that's really the only two ways that I can see this game going. I don't see this being one nothing in the Manchester City just putting the foot on the gas. Um, I, I just – this is a game that just worries me to no end, and it's the stupid team. Them and Crystal Palace just drive me nuts. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a situation where, again, I agree with you in the sense, I think City are going to run it up so they can sub everybody off at 60 minutes. I just think that the goal that says, right, we can sit back now comes in that 55 to 60 mark. So I think that we're going to see a very professional 2-0 halftime score to City. And then uh, the third goal will come, you know, probably right around the 60 mark and we'll see subs come out. But I just... I, I can't deny what I've been seeing from City. It's more the fact that they're scoring so easily. It looks easy for them, and that's always a huge, huge positive. Yeah, but you mentioned big games on Sunday. Obviously, the biggest one huge. is 1130 Eastern time. We huge. still have to talk about Leeds Palace. I have nothing on this game. I have no bet in this game. I have no stock. Uh, I couldn't care less. What are your thoughts? Uh, I like Leeds. I like them to get it done at home. But again, I'm going to go back to what I did last week. They always start hot. Um, and we saw it last week. They scored two goals in the first half, didn't score again. They won the first half, you know, second half scoreline was nil-nil. Uh, this is a spot where, again, I think we're going to see something similar. So I'm going to be taking uh, leads to score in the first half at plus 108. There we go. Now it's time for the big game. This is, without a doubt, the biggest game of the weekend. Um, Liverpool, Arsenal, so few people actually believe in Liverpool this season. Rightfully Arsenal- so. Yeah, yeah, to an extent. Yeah. I believe in them in this game, though. This this is the game Jurgen Klopp saves his job for next year, regardless of how the rest of the season goes. Jurgen Klopp and his boys put a big performance forward here. He's safe. They're safe. Everybody's going to be happy. And Arsenal, listen, Arsenal have done a good job. They're at the top of the league. They deserve immense amount of credit. They're still up by eight points. But – Let's who's the last big win they really have, though? Who's the last big win that they have? They've really beaten up on nonsense. I mean, yeah. you look at their last few wins. Austin Villa, sure, that's a perfectly fine win, but you had to pull that one out at the death, too. Lesser, trash. Everton, were trash. Bournemouth, absolute trash. And you needed a goddamn miracle for that one. Getting yep. knocked out of the Europa League from Sporting, uh, beating Fulham 3 0. They're falling apart. Crystal Palace, trash. Leeds, trash. I mean, they had beaten trash, and now things are getting real. I don't think this team is ready to go into Anfield. And Anfield that still believes that they may have a chance, depending on the results on Saturday. They may still have a chance at Europe next season. So, yeah, yeah, I, I don't see this being a positive result here for Arsenal. I have Liverpool on the money line. I mean, it's so tough because Liverpool are so 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 bad on the road like that game against Chelsea was an embarrassment and that same team thrashed United at Anfield when coming into the game people were like United have turned a corner Liverpool are going down and you could say the exact same thing about when they played Manchester City earlier in the year ah Liverpool are really taking a step back this season they're not as dangerous City going to Anfield and lose like Liverpool just Something about Anfield 
keeps them winning. I mean, it's incredible. Some of the results that we've seen out of nowhere, like it's not like they've been in good form at home and then just turn it on and it, it comes out. It's like, no, they've been horrible, horrible, horrible. And then win a huge game at Anfield. It's a spot where I want to say Arsenal are better in every way, but they're not. And this is a game where if the best of the best of what Liverpool can do shows up, they will win. But I'm not I'm not really excited to say that, you know, I believe super hard that Liverpool will get it done. Uh, that being said, I can't deny them at Anfield. So I'm going to go ahead and just take a very simple, easy, cheap cop out. And it's going to be both teams to score uh, and the over two and a half at minus 120. I think that we see multiple goals in this game. Cop out. Uh, one thing that we neglected to mention so far is the fact that Liverpool basically punted that Chelsea game. We talked about teams punting games. Uh, yeah. I feel like they punted it based on that lineup. I mean, you look at their bench for that game. Trent Alexander-Arnold, I know he hasn't had a great season, but he's still there starting right back. He's on the bench. Uh, Cody Gakpo on the bench. James Milner, who's going to be starting in this game, started on the bench. Andy Robertson on the bench. Van Dyke on the bench. Mohamed yeah. Salah on the bench. They're going to be fully rested and they may have their X factor available for 30 minutes in Luis Diaz. Um, it's weird. It's weird that Klopp like very clearly was saying we're getting ready for Arsenal, which makes me think Arsenal are going to win here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, it wouldn't surprise me if you told me that, you know, Liverpool won three nil, it wouldn't surprise me if you told Arsenal one. So it's a very, very tough game to bet. I just think that the over two and a half is, is the way to go here, but I'm just going to be watching with, with very, very interested eyes. Yeah, I mean, I am definitely excited for that one. That pretty much wraps up yep. all the Prem games. Now, we are going to give you best bets, best, um, yeah, all of our best bets, the best player props, best parlays. You guys already know. One of us usually cash the big parlay, uh, mm. so get ready. But then, then, another reason to stay tuned, your boy has a rant about another massive soccer game this weekend, and I, for one, can't wait for it. Oh, dear God. Yeah, I mean, hey, credit to us. We absolutely crushed best bets last week. Uh, you know, hitting that nine to one best bet parlay as well. That was huge. But yeah, I'm I'm excited about this week. And I'm going to start off with my player prop because I kind of already alluded to it. It's in the Spurs and Brighton game. Uh, I am taking Evan Ferguson to score or assist on a goal at plus 160. So any goal involvement will cash you on this one. Plus 160 is a great price. He's played 11 games for Brighton. Already has seven goal involvements. He is their X factor uh, in this game where I think there's going to be a lot of goals. I think that he'll be able to get on the score sheet or at least have a hand in it. So Evan Ferguson to score or assist on a goal plus 160 is an absolute great look for me. I absolutely love that play. I think it's a tremendous play. Now my best player prop is going to be in the Manchester city game. Uh, let's see if you can actually guess. Let's see if you can guess what it is. Now, keep in mind, I have a twofer here. I have a twofer in the Manchester city game. It is going to be, one is going to be a shot on goal. And the other one's going to be a score goal. Same player. Who am I going with? In the Manchester city game. Yeah. Let's see how well you know me to score a goal. Yes. It's going to be shot on goal. One or more shots on goal and score a goal. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say Grealish. No. Oof. God dang. Oh, I keep going? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to avoid Holland because there's no point betting anything with Holland unless it's like three goals. Uh, I mean, Mares? Nope. 
You're not I don't know. Gundy? Right You're not even thinking about the right team. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, Jesus. James Ward-Prowse. That son of a bitch is going to do it again. <laughs> that son of a bitch is going to fuck up my Saturday. I know what's coming. It's going to be a free kick goal from the middle of freaking nowhere. And as long as that thing is on target, you know that you're going to cash ticket. And you're going to be up at least half a unit. I hate you, James Ward-Prowse. Please don't ruin my dreams, you rat bastard. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, to lose it makes match. sense. I get it. I get it. Because you know Manchester City is going to commit a stupid foul right in right in his range. Now he's going to get it on target. The question is, will Ederson? Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, a little worrisome there. Uh, but uh, in all honesty, outside of my bias, I think it's actually really good value. Uh, plus one fifty, just the shot on target. That's an absolute no brainer. And then him to score a goal, like I said, he gets one free kick. We all know what he's capable of. Oh yeah. All right, what is your best bet, your best singular bet this weekend? So I thought about this, and I can't believe I'm saying this considering where they started uh, this year and played most of the time, but this one is going to be kind of similar to last week. It is going to be a minus one situation, but it's going to be Aston Villa minus one at plus 106. I just think that, especially because of the fact that they're at home, they're flying high, they're a team that I can get behind in terms of their scoring, especially with Ollie Watkins. Nice hit, by the way, with your best player prop last week. Uh, and I just think that they are in a position where they're feeling the momentum and they're showing it. And the fact that they're in the top half of the table now, I mean, people wouldn't have believed you if you said that two months ago. So give me Aston Villa to wreck Forest at home, minus one, plus 106, a great, great price there, in my opinion. There you go. My best bet is without a doubt going to be West Ham. Uh, I'm going to make it on the money line. Uh, I just wow. the team has completely fallen apart. It is falling apart. You watch them, and they're just dead in the water. I mean, if they're falling apart against Bournemouth, what do you think they're going to do against a team with actual talent here? Mm. And, uh, you know, a little bonus prop here. I'm looking at Jared Bowen. I think Jared Bowen is going to have his way in this game. He can really make some things happen. It would not surprise me to see him score a goal. He can get some good value right there. Uh, but I love West Ham. I think they're, without a doubt, the best play on the board. Wow. All right. I love it. I love the conviction. Yeah. Best part of life. Good. All right. So mine, it's a little more tame this week. We hit the nine to one last week. I'm not getting as wild this week, uh, but it is something that I like. It's going to be plus 204. You know what? That's so weak. That's so yeah. weak. I'm, I'm going to add another leg onto this to make it instead of a two, a three leg, a three leg parlay here. And it's going to be plus 533. Um, three legs. It's going to be both teams to score in the Spurs. <clears throat> Pardon me. God dang. Uh, both teams to score in Spurs and Brighton and both teams to score in Brentford, Newcastle. I think both those games see some fireworks. And then that third leg is going to be Leeds to score in the first half. Parlay those three together. It's plus 533. Uh, again, just you know, compounding my belief that these games are going to be exciting. They're going to be fast paced and they're going to start the scoring early. Boom. I I totally agree with your parlay. I like it. Uh, listen, my parlay, I'm going for a bit here. I feel good about it. It's a three-teamer. It's 11 to 1. I'm going to go with West Ham on the money line that I just talked about, my best bet. Obviously, you got to include them in the parlay so they can just completely wreck my day. <laughs> going Austin Villa, minus 165 on the money line. Then I'm going to cap it off on Sunday, baby. Give me Liverpool on the money line, plus 187. I absolutely love this parlay, 11 to 1. I'm actually going to play this one. Um, so brace yourselves because Liverpool is going to break my heart in the last leg as they always do. 
Uh, hey, why not, right? Why not? Well, good. I mean, hell, those are some good bets. Yes. I feel like let's win them all, right? Oh, absolutely. Now, you started the show on your little rant about the tiara. Now it's time for me to end the show with a special little rant. We have the biggest soccer game on the slate this weekend. Does not take place in England. It does not take place in Spain. Not in Italy. Not in France. God knows not in France. Um, not in Spain. Not in Portugal. Takes place in Greece. In the world. Oh, wow. It is the biggest game of the year for Panathinaikos. It's the biggest game in probably the last five years. They're playing Olympiacos in the Leo Oro. The biggest game We've played in a very, very long time with an opportunity to come away with a league title, which seemed almost impossible when we were broken. We owed players. Here it is, guys. Here's your big chance. We blew a couple points. Was it last weekend? Yeah, it was last weekend against Olympio Volus. And, uh, you know, here it is. It's in front of you. And now we get to go beat those sewer rats. And, hey, you want a little side bet here? Side bet is that there will be gunshots outside the stadiums. There will be bombs outside the stadiums. There will be a massive confrontation with police because good old Maranaki that owns Nottingham Forest and owns Olympiacos, he is going to pay his fans to go dress up in our colors and go start things with the cops so we get punished because he is just a criminal mastermind. He's a rat bastard that should just – he's a guy that should just go and take a bath with a toaster. Like, he really should. <laughs> the world would be a much better place without my yeah, in it. Um, yeah, no, I'm so excited to watch us beat those sewer rats and enjoy every second of it. Bame, gate 13, let's go. That place is going to be rocking. And seriously, if you guys have a chance or you guys have sling, check it out for a minute. Or go to Bet Online. They have an option to watch the game live. I'm telling you, that atmosphere is going to be like something you've never seen before. And if you've never witnessed it, Seriously, it's unbelievable, dude. It is it it's breathtaking to watch these people go at it and say, "My God, do they realize that it's just a game?" Yeah, the well, only people in the game. world that can make me say it is just a game is in Greece when I'm seeing people die outside. Jeez. Well, I hope everyone stays safe. Good God. Oh no, not everybody. Just one team, one colors. The rest. Yeah. Bye bye. All right. Peace. What do you mean? We're done? I thought you said bye-bye. As in, oh, no, that was bye-bye to the Olympia Coast fans when we wipe them out. <laughs> All right, that's it. All right, we're right. All right. I've, I've lost control today. Goodbye, everybody. Peace.